Hello and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading. Hi, Harvey. Thanks for having me here. This is Samay. I'm from Del Oro and I'm a vice president of uh, uh, research at Del Oro. I've been covering uh, switching for many years now. Yeah, Samay, thanks so much for uh, uh, for being on the podcast. Uh, great, great to see you. Great to meet you. Likewise. Um, uh, and we're here at the uh, at, at OFC in San Diego. I didn't say that earlier. Um, we're, uh, uh, we're in the uh, the press room uh, or next to the press room, but uh, not not on the show floor. So hopefully it won't be too terribly noisy. Uh, but yeah, you, you so you're covering you know data center optics primarily. This is a this has got to be an exciting show because there's so much going on in the data center market. Um, can you talk a little bit about what trends you're seeing or, or anything that uh, is is uh, on your mind here at the show? Yeah. First of all, I want to make a small clarification. Uh-huh. So I track data center networking, primary okay. switching, but optics are becoming uh, increasingly important in making everything happen within data center networking. Mm-hmm. Hence, this show is extremely important for me. I have to um, keep an eye on the trends on the optics side because mm-hmm. uh, they are uh, the enablers yeah. for you know high speed networks. Yeah, that's a good. That's a. Uh, th- thanks for pointing that out because because yeah, I mean the, the big discussion has been around you know uh, pluggables and things like that sort of going into the mm-hmm. data center um, mm-hmm. in the in the networking part of the market. Um, what what trends do you see imp- impacting data center networking? So if I look at the data center market. I'm, I'm going to probably talk at a higher level before we get to the optics and where optics fit into the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look at the market, there are two major trends that are really um, shaping up the market, if you will. Uh, one has been going on for a while, and that's really the, the emergence of cloud as a new market segment. Mm-hmm. And the other one is more recent, uh, which is the rise of AI workloads and their implications on, 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 on the hardware and the networking hardware. Um, if you look at the cloud as a trend, you know, it's t- it started more than a, a decade ago. Yeah. And when it happened, it was like a tectonic shift, as you, as you know, right? So yeah. it brought up different set of requirements. And if you look at the cloud service providers now, they are about half the market. They are two to three generations of merchant silicon ahead of the rest of the market, mm-hmm. and they also deploy different uh, type of um, uh, networking chips and sometimes a different type of hardware. Yeah. Um, and more recently, we're witnessing the rise of AI workloads as a potential new major disruptor uh, to the data center um, market and data center networking in particular um, as well, if you look at uh, AI workloads, uh, they have different set of requirements mm-hmm. compared to the traditional general purpose workloads, if you will. Uh, they uh, require at least three times the bandwidth, at least, okay. if not more. Uh, they require um, uh, scalable, lossless, and low latency type of networks. Right. Uh, and for that reason, we, we expect um, AI workloads to really be two to three generations, also two to three speed upgrade cycles ahead of the rest of the, the network. Mm-hmm. And they may also require a different uh, class of network chips. Uh, now, uh, the reason I talked about uh, these major trends is because because of this new set of requirements, it's you have to sit back and think how can the industry 
meet those requirements and what are the, what are the challenges that we may f be facing while trying to meet those requirements. So and I can talk more about, you know, those sets of, of challenges. Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's interesting with, the, uh, you know, with the, the bandwidth demand, you know, not just the bandwidth, but also the latency hitting at the same time. So it's not going, it's, it, it's going to do probably two things, I guess. They're going to change, like you said, the hardware requirements that, yep. are, that are going to be put on the, uh, the manufacturers, but also, and the connectivity requirements. Yep. But also maybe even changing the architecture of the data center itself. You know, maybe it has to be built completely differently. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's really a combination of all of the above. Mm -hmm. And I would say uh, the, the because we're reaching some limitations on what physics can do mm -hmm. <laughs> and what the technology can enable, I would say the innovation at a, a network topology level is going to become even more important. Uh, mm. the, the the network topology makes a huge difference uh, and um, has a huge impact on the performance of the applications. And I believe we will see uh, the hyperscalers, which are the major uh, uh, adopters, if you will, of AI workloads or, or uh, uh, consumer of uh, consumer of AI workloads. They will have to innovate uh, in terms of network architecture, network topology, to try to circumvent some of the uh, technology limitations, if you will. Yeah, yeah. How, do, how, um, uh, what types of things are you sort of hearing or seeing them do to kind of prepare for, you know, for the, for this, uh, this new workload demand? So, if you look, for example, some of the, uh, probably I also I have to say, I see it in two different class of architectures. Okay. One is proprietary, purely mm -hmm. proprietary. So. Uh, it's not Ethernet based, and one right. that is still based on Ethernet. And and mm -hmm. uh, uh, when I look at the different type of um, architectures uh, and the different areas of innovations, um, you know, when you think about AI workloads, uh, you, you think about a huge increase in um, cross-sectional bandwidth between clusters right. and uh, um, injection bandwidth uh, to for, to inject data for learning. Um, and so I believe we may see different type of architectures that could either collapse some tiers of the network to deal with the latency mm -hmm. or could actually beef up and make some of the... Um, Cross-sectional layers uh, more denser to, okay. to 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 accommodate that uh, explosion, if you will, in the bandwidth requirement uh, to to actually between those those clusters. So okay. there are we are still, I would say, very early mm -hmm. in those stages, um, and I believe we will learn more in the next coming years mm -hmm. um, in terms of network topologies and also in terms of. What are the new innovations brought to the market um, at uh, network chip layers, at uh, system layer, and at optical layer? So yeah. uh, I think uh, we'll see more um, in the next coming years. Yeah, it's interesting how it, how it kind of moves all all of those technologies at one time. Yeah. Um, from the the networking hardware uh, part that you follow, probably the closest. Um, what has to change as we get, you know, as we start uh, getting into higher and higher bandwidth amounts within the data center and 
you know, dealing with AI and stuff like that? Uh, so uh, I will say the obvious first, which is you, ha you need higher bandwidth. So sure. uh, we're talking 800 gig. Soon we'll be talking 1.60. Obviously, uh, there are a lot of things at the optic side that we need to deal with, but th that's, you know, just to talk about the, the bandwidth, but also to accommodate the requirement in terms of lossless. Mm. Ethernet by nature is not lossless, right? right? Yeah. Uh, scalability, low latency, uh, things like RDMA supports would be very important to deal with that the kind of requirements. Uh, deep buffer capabilities, that's, you know, some of these features, and I'm just mentioning a few because I'm sure that there will be other ways to accommodate those requirements. Um, mm. Ethernet, and you may recall this, a few years ago, there was the debate between Ethernet and InfiniBand and which one right. is more suitable, sure. right? Now Ethernet is catching up. Uh, Ethernet, the ecosystem is more, you know, diverse. And um, I'm sure the Ethernet players, they will have a lot to add to Ethernet to make it even more compelling. Uh, one thing for sure that is more beneficial for Ethernet is scalability, especially when you talk about large-scale clusters, right? Uh, so... Um, uh, I believe there is a lot to to uh, to be added to Ethernet, mm -hmm. and the way I see uh, the network is, uh, you know, the way um, I think the network is behind the compute in terms of accommodating the AI workloads. Now, if you look at the compute right. side, you have accelerated accelerated servers, you have FPGAs, and those are purposefully built mm -hmm. for AI. Right. I believe the AI market is large enough and is big enough to justify an investment on the on the on the uh, network side that is purposefully built okay for to accommodate ai clusters so the way we've seen we've seen it on the compute side right so it'll be it'll, it'll be a, a, a viable market all by itself in terms I of i believe so yeah. i believe so we we're still really at the very early innings of that mm -hmm. but Quite frankly, and if you asked me this a few months ago, I would probably have a different opinion. Mm. But the amount of excitement, the amount of demand we're seeing from the hyperscalers mm -hmm. over the, just the last few months um, yeah. has been incredible. And it's all driven by generative um, uh, AI tools. Yeah. Everyone is impressed by the results, right? And so I believe that... Um, uh, it's too early to say, and I really don't want to be, uh, don't want to have a premature opinion, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if what AI workloads are doing to the market now would be similar to what the cloud did to the market 10 years ago or so, <laughs> which yeah. is, hey, this is a new emerging trend, and people were looking at it and trying to see whether it's big enough to be a separate market or a se separate segment in itself. Mm -hmm. And here we are 10 years later and it's half the market. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that AI workloads will be, will be uh, another, you know, cloud trend, right. if you will. This is an unofficial <laughs> forecast, right? <laughs> this is not, <laughs> to, to, just to be on the record there. This is not, this is just, uh, uh, me uh, uh, mentioning some of the similarities I'm seeing, and yeah. we're still still early in in really yeah. uh, making a statement out there. I think that's <laughs> why it's interesting to talk about, though, because it, because shows like this sort of talk 
you know, most of the things that are talked about here at the show are mostly in an announcement phase stuff. It's not being sampled or deployed anywhere. It, that's true. So, so it that's makes true. it kind of an, a, a, a safer space to talk about things that are uh, far off into the future yes. A, a, yes. a little bit. Yep. Um, uh, what, what, you know, challenges do you see for, uh, uh, for I guess, for for networking companies or maybe even cloud companies uh, in the next uh, year or so in, 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 the, in the market that you cover? That is a great question. Uh, and the answer to that may not have to do with the long-term perspective I, just, I was just uh, mm -hmm. mentioning. It has to do with more of the short-term uh, business um, uh, necessities, mm -hmm. I would say, and I would say number one, unfortunately, is supply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have to it's... take you back one level to the short term right. headwinds, yeah, and it's really supply, supply, supply. Yeah. It's unfortunately, I I hate to say, but last year we were hoping that by this time this year everyone would be relieved and everyone would be talking about supply is over, is behind us, but that's not really the case. We're still dealing with a lot of supply issues yep. and uh, it's it's good and bad. It's good because um, that means that we still have a lot of backlog and that backlog will feed the, the, the will support the the growth in a lot of the markets, despite the macroeconomic challenges that we're hearing about. So that's right. the good part of it. The the, the 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 you know the downside is that you know you can't really ship. So right. yeah. <laughs> so that's you can't uh, grow as fast yeah. as, as you would have otherwise. Exactly. But like you said, yeah, with all the backlog. I mean, we were talking to in the telecom space, talking to more uh, you know network equipment suppliers. They all have enormous you know backlogs the ones that are doing really well and weirdly enough it's given them some some amount of more predictability even as the capital spending goes yes. up and down yes they're they're a little bit more steady than they've been in the that's past that's true that's so, that's the upside of, of having the backlog yeah it does kind of even that part out validity. but the but the problem that you face is you know they're if you're on the investment side you're saying well but, yeah but they're not growing as quickly as they could yes know? so yes it, it does kind of work yeah. work both ways yeah um is there anything in particular that you are um you know seeking to learn or uh, learn more about at this show or uh, any kind of technology areas yeah. that you're particularly, uh, you know, curious about at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the hot topics I'm following very closely is uh, uh, co-package optics okay. versus uh, yeah. uh, linear drive optics mm -hmm. versus blackable optics. And um, um, it's very important to me because um, you can't keep pushing the envelope, you can't keep moving to higher speed without thinking about the power consumption. Right. And one way to deal with power consumption or, or optics are a big part of the problem, but they are also a big part of the solution. So uh, thinking about other ways to, or different ways to innovate, to reduce the power consumption of the optics is really gonna help solve the issue. Mm -hmm. um, at this show, uh, w there are different alternatives to pluggables. Uh, there's uh, a lot of players showing 
go package optics. Still in sampling stages, but mm. it's really important to keep an eye on the progress and on the ongoing challenges of co-package optics. So mm. for me, I mean, everyone knows that co-package optics are not going to happen in the next one or two or three years, but everyone is looking at the five-year horizon and, and trying to place the bet, whether on co-package optics or on alternative technologies. One of mm. the alternative technologies to co-package optics, which may have less challenges than co-package optics, are the linear drive optics, which... Um, have been announced by Arista, mm -hmm. and that is a very, very uh, compelling mm -hmm. solution. But again, it's still too early yeah. uh, to to uh, to um, to you know. It's still too early to to make any to announce any winner, right? right so you sure. have to really understand a lot of things about the ecosystem, about uh, the, the the scale, about the manufacturability, and so on and so forth. And so th that is one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm going to keep focusing on. And okay. um, obviously, till then, uh, over the next four to five years, uh, Plugable will remain dominant, obviously. But sure. five years later, um, people have to, you know, um, have to place their bets, right? Yeah, yeah. So th th that is one of the interesting things about this this market is, yeah, it's like pluggables are hot now. They're becoming hotter because they're, you know, densifying. They're getting more more bandwidth into smaller and smaller packages. You can put those packages into more and more devices. It makes it very exciting. But like you say, having it, having it uh, integrated even more <laughs> into, you know, the device is is particularly attractive given some of the applications that are just around the corner. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see what what sort of wins out. The the, the, the Arista thing's interesting too because it's like you sort of um, I was sort of thinking about their their solution, the, some of the stuff that Broadcom was talking about, and then kind of like how how fast and how far they can they can uh, 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 you know handle low latency workloads. Uh, you, you know it's 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 it'll it'll be interesting to see. I, this stuff still hasn't hit the market yet, so we'll just have to sort of wait and see. Absolutely, absolutely. It was telling though that in their demo, at least at Broadcom, they had to liquid cool the thing just so they could keep uh, keep the demo going. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes, so. yes, yes. It's. Um... Yeah, they get, uh, they get really hot. It's very hot. <laughs> it's very hot. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, power, power, power. power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, power, space, and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I, I do uh, appreciate it. And of course, uh, uh, we'll send uh, uh, our uh, listeners in the show notes to uh, the link of your choice. We can send them to your latest report or to anywhere on Delora's site. Uh, and uh, uh, and again, uh, we'll hope to do this again uh, sometime soon. Thanks very much. Sounds great. Thank you for having me, Harvey. Okay.